Right, this evening we're going to be talking about vaccinations, also known as immunizations. And I was going to speak on a totally different subject today, but I watched carte blanche on South African television last night on Mnet, and I could not believe the rubbish that they were talking about. It was a complete advert, advertisement for the pharmaceutical industry. That's what it was. And what surprised me about it more than anything else is they're very good at exposing corruption in our Electricity Supply Commission or in our telecommunications or in our government or in whatever scandals going on in the government. They're great at uncovering that and looking at the corruption in it. But when it comes to things medical, It's actually embarrassing the way they fawn and fall over themselves to promote medical stuff at any cost. It's the most bizarre thing. And I, you know, they're a great company in that they give a lot of money to, to government hospitals with equipment and stuff like that. But when it comes to living a healthier lifestyle and choosing better choices, it's not something that they openly promote. They'd far rather promote medical stuff, and that's what they did last night. They promoted vaccines as if it was like the most miraculous, most wonderful cure for everything. And the most bizarre thing is, it started off talking specifically about this terrible measles outbreak that we've had in this country. Dreadful measles outbreak. It's a, it's a, you know, it's like, the way they were talking about it, like it's going to take over the whole country. And then they referred to eight cases at Paul Ruerson in Stellenbosch, eight. the school. Eight cases. And then they referred to, I think it was ten cases at some school in Johannesburg. And the interesting thing about the con different people they interviewed is different people were saying different things. At one point, somebody said 85 people in the country. Somebody else said it was 80 people in Gauteng. But it was eight people in Stellenbosch. That was the most that they could come up with in the Western Cape from what I could see, okay? Now, this was the most interesting thing for me, is that they interviewed a mother from Paul Roos School, school where her son was, which is a boys' school in Stellenbosch. You know the school that's very well known for its sporting um, activities. And the mother they very proudly announced, was a general practitioner. And they spoke to her, interviewed her, very quick sort of thing. And she said something that, to me, just blew the whole thing out of the water for what they were doing. She said, I cannot understand how my child, who was vaccinated against this disease, now has measles. Now, I could explain it to her. The very fact is, when you get vaccinated, you don't have immunity for life. You have it for possibly seven to ten years if you're lucky, okay? But when you get measles as a little kid, it's very easy to recover from it. Um, and you're immune for life, okay? But they then went on to imply throughout the program that these measles, the measles that these children were getting, was caused by unvaccinated children. And it's the fact that 20% of people out there won't vaccinate their children they were getting towards the point, which is what's happening in the United States, some of the states like Southern California or California. In France, they're doing it now. And apparently in Italy, they're trying to force the issue of compulsory vaccines. I know in Australia, it's the case. To vaccinate, you have no choice. You have no rights. 
And if they do that, they have to take responsibility for any side effects that are caused from those vaccinations. Mm. I'm not sure how other countries are getting around it, but in South Africa, it's the one reason that stops them from making it compulsory. They will not accept that responsibility. And I know I've spoken to the health department. I phoned them. I said, if I vaccinate my children, will you cover any side effects that they may suffer from the result of this? No, they won't because the vaccination is your choice. They highly recommend it, but it's not compulsory. And that was the health department. I phoned them several times in the last 30 years as years have gone by. In today's sort of modern era of South Africa, if you try phoning the health department, you're lucky if somebody answers the telephone. But you can keep trying. But what makes this thing actually really, really bad is that I'm going to, we're going to look at the vaccines, we're going to look at the side effects in general. There's so much information on this, I could talk on it for the next two years and you'd still be sitting here, and by then you'd all be starving and, <laughs> you know, have actually died from lack of sleep, food, and going to the bathroom. Um, so what I've tried to do is summarize it as briefly as possible. There's three ma main areas we look at. I'm going to read you some bits and pieces. <clears throat> I'm going to give you some statistics. Try not to give you too much and bore you. There's, there's lots. You can go and read about it yourself. But the frightening thing is that there's this just absolute acceptance that vaccination is like a gift from the heavens and it's the best thing since sliced bread. And we've got this whole thing now with cervical cancer and children being vaccinated and hundreds of children that have died from it in the United States where they started it before they got here. In South Africa, there have been several cases where children have got very, very ill, suffering from things like paralysis and stuff like that. So it's a really dangerous thing to do. And I think at the end of the day, you've got to step back and say, what do people that are anti-vaccines have to gain from this? And what do people that are pro-vaccines have to gain from it? People that are pro-vaccine, are people who have vested interests. In South Africa, it's a business that worth, according to what I'm looking at, 500 million rand. I just got off one uh, website, South African website, um, the company that um, the South African government and health department own shares in a vac the number one vaccine-producing company in this country, which is a very dangerous thing to do. It's the last thing you should never have government vested, having vested interests in business that you are buying stuff from because then the government has lost its objectivity. They're going to promote stuff for the money, okay? And that's the bottom line. So when you're looking at this, there's a huge amount of money. And on the, this website, they said there are 25 million vaccines per year in South Africa. You know, if we just put one rand value added, it's 25 million, but it's not one rand, it's hundreds. It's, it's estimated to be 500 million rand. That's half a billion rand, okay, for free vaccinations. We're not talking about the ones that are paid for, which means that taxpayers' money is used to pay for this. And the government owns the company, or owns 47% of the company that vac produces these vaccines. So I want to take a look quickly at this article here. It says, and more than anything, is this company now is in partnership with Pfizer. Now, Pfizer is a huge multinational pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. And if you look at any of the stock exchanges around the world, in the top 10, you'll find probably half of those companies are pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. They are worth hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars and British pounds, like enormously wealthy companies. 
The 20 million partnership between pharmaceutical giant Pfizer and South Africa's BioVac Institute, which is a very nice sounding name, isn't it? BioVac Institute. Doesn't sound like a business, does it? But it's a business. You know, BioVac Institute sounds like everything they do is for free and it's not for profit. But there is profit. It's a proper business. So the giant Pfizer and South Africa's BioVac Institute was the beginning of the establishment of vaccine manufacturing capabilities on the continent. Whole of Africa. They're going to be producing for the whole of Africa. Science and Technology Minister Naledi Pandu told GroundUp. This is in 2015. It's not a long time ago, okay? 4th of November 2015. So it's a year and a half ago. On Tuesday, the South African government, which owns 47.5% of BioVac and Pfizer, announced a five-year partnership that will see BioVac manufacture Pfizer's pneumococcal conjugate vaccine, Prevnar 13, through a technology transfer agreement. Prevnar 13 vaccinates against bacteria that causes pneumonia. According to the World Health Organization, pneumonia is the leading infectious cause of death in children worldwide, accounting for 15% of all deaths of children under the age of five. Now, I love this sort of sweeping statement, 15% children worldwide. They're not offering actual statistics here. And when you look you look at deaths of children, there's all kinds of things in Africa, from diarrhea to malnourishment to dysentery to malaria to tuberculosis to all kinds of things, okay? At the end of the day, the bottom line for any disease, whether it's tuberculosis or whether it is pneumonia, the end of the day, a healthy immune system that is naturally strong because it is fed a healthy diet and is living in a healthy environment protects itself. Vaccinating children against disease is a very poor answer to what we should be doing, which is teaching families to feed their children healthy foods. And people think that healthy eating is expensive, and I don't know where they get that from, probably from going into the local health shop and they're trying to sell you thousands of supplements. But honestly, if we look at the healthiest and longest living communities in the world, out of the top five countries where the people live the longest and are the healthiest in their old age, only one of them is in South, is in North America, and that's the Loma Linda community. The rest of them is Japan, Greece, Italy, um, a small community in Costa Rica and in uh, Icarus in Greece, um, and then a community in Japan. These communities are poor, and they're eating fruit and vegetables. They grow their own food. They produce legumes. They eat whole grains. They are things they can grow themselves and produce. They're not dependent on the government for their food. They're not dependent on anybody else. They grow. They all grow their own food. So if we were to teach people in the community, take them out of these intense, dense communities that we find in the townships, for example, where they are rat-infested, there's filthy, dirty water, there's open sewage flowing in the streets, for example, and gave them each their own one acre of land per family, for example, and taught them how to grow food and how to capture rainwater and how to live sustainably, we wouldn't have the need for vaccinations. If we took half a billion rand and we used that educational process and we helped to build people houses where they could catch rainwater, produce solar energy, grow their own food, we would turn the economy of this country around. The problem is that when you make people self-sufficient, they're no longer dependent on the government or an infrastructure that comes with this, like the medical fraternity and everything goes. You're keeping people dependent on the medical system. You keep building, you're spending money on clinics, you're spending money on hospitals, you're spending money on vaccines, but you're not spending any money on helping these people live healthy lifestyles.
So you're creating this huge monster. Everybody's like, people are too dependent on the system. People are, uh, you know, they just go and sit in the clinics all day long waiting for some tablets. And I've seen them come here to work with four packets of tablets, and I say, what's wrong with you? They don't know. What are the tablets you've got? What are they for? No, they don't know. I must just take one of these tablets four times a day for each four of these packets or five packets, however many it is. And at, at the end of the day, you're creating people dependent on you. You're not giving people the tools to look after themselves, which is very, very controlling and dangerous. It's highly dangerous. But the very same systems that create this controlling mechanism will turn around and say, people like me and you who believe we want to be independent, we want to live sustainably, that that's dangerous, which makes no sense whatsoever. So getting back to the vaccinations. So here this mother says, because I don't understand why my child is getting sick because he's vaccinated. Here's the question I need to ask her. If vaccinations work, mother doctor, then why is your child getting sick? And if they're telling us to vaccinate our children, why did that child and all the other children apparently were vaccinated as well? You know what the excuse is? 20% of the population don't vaccinate their children, so it's the unvaccinated children that are causing the vaccinated kids to get exactly. You're shaking your head like like we've got stupid Brandon on our – I mean, do they really think we're that stupid? Really? Or are they that stupid that they don't even realize what they're saying? I mean, it's completely illogical. It makes no sense. And it's like, you know, here we are, the little kid in the big town saying the, the emperor's naked. Seriously. Like, catch a wake-up, people. If vaccinations protect, why are you scared of the unvaccinated children? Well, they must start telling us we've got to vaccinate our children and we will march in the street. Seriously. We cannot keep quiet about something like this. It's all about money. The people to gain, the people promoting vaccinations are doing it for money. They'll tell you it's to save your children. And if you don't do it, oh, my word, last night's program was unbelievable. They showed two brain-damaged children, one a black brain-damaged child. The, <coughs> the mother had two children. I couldn't make out the conversation because, to me, it looked like the one that was brain-damaged, that both these twins had been vaccinated. One couldn't use her muscles and she was paralyzed. They led you to believe, but the mother never said this, they led you to believe that this child was paralyzed because it wasn't vaccinated. But the other child who wasn't vaccinated didn't have the same problem, didn't get sick, didn't become... And then they mentioned some child overseas in Europe somewhere and they showed this child writhing in a hospital bed completely like almost brain dead, kind of paralyzed and <clears throat> looked retarded. And they said, if you don't vaccinate against measles, you could suffer from brain damage and paralysis. But those are the very conditions that you can get from being vaccinated. Yeah, so it's absolute nonsense. Mm. Feed the child's immune system, create mm. a healthy environment, and the child's body will protect. It's the same thing you have with plants. If you feed the soil that the plants are in, you will have healthy plants that will not succumb to disease. Mm -hmm. But what we want to do is we want to grow things and throw a whole lot of chemicals at them and hopefully they'll not get diseases. And then they get diseases. So the chemical companies now produce a chemical to treat that plant with that chemical. And I mean, it just becomes unbelievably expensive and unsustainable. Mm -hmm. So it's like part of the world is like going, following this like blind chemicals, 
unsustainable way of living where you're dependent on the government and the system and we are the other end trying to say no we can live sustainably we can be healthy and we have proof of it we haven't had a doctor's bill for 30 years due to ill health i've raised three children five grandchildren my grandchildren have not been vaccinated at all they are much healthier than their mothers ever was and my three children the one that wasn't vaccinated was vaccinated at least only got one vaccine is the one with the healthiest immune system so it, the whole thing is Bizarre, okay. So here is this company um, that is now owns 40% of, of this vaccine producing company. And right at the end of it, they tell you that there's 25 million vaccines somewhere on here in the article. But if you just type in um, BioVac, is the name of the company, type in BioVac and look at it, you'll see it's Almost half of it is owned by the, the South African government. If we take a look at um, if we take a look at vaccines in general, I mean there is so much research. Honestly, I've got this one research here. This is a doctor's commentary. It's um, vaccinations compiled by June Russell. She talks about, she just starts quoting, and this goes back to 2002. She just starts quoting doctors like Dr. Lyndon Smith. In 1993, Cincinnati witnessed an epidemic of whooping cough and had 400 children who caught it. 80% of them had been immunized. You ex ex explain that. You know, just, it's going, it's going back. She's Richard, uh, Dr. Richard Mar Moskowitz, medical doctor. For us to bombard a newborn baby with a whole battery of vaccines as their very first immunological experience, I think, is reckless beyond measure. I would say it borders on the criminal. Because of my experience in medical practice, I am sensing and fearing that by making war on specific acute diseases, we are promoting the incidence of chronic diseases in population. I call vaccines a sacrament because we don't question their use. Vaccines should be optional for anybody who wants them, those that do as well as those that don't should be studied for information, okay? The West Germans and several other countries have made vaccinations optional. No epidemics have occurred. Vaccinations essentially suppress the immune system. Oh, there's so much. What have we done by artificial vaccinations is essentially to trade off our acute ec epidemic diseases of the past century for the weaker, far less curable chronic diseases of the present. I mean, we're, we're having people with more autoimmune disease than we've ever seen before. Dr. Robert Mendelssohn wrote a book. He's a, he was a pediatrician. He died some years back at the age of 85. He wrote several books. One of them was called How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor. He testified in court in the United States against doctors who had drugged children and basically killed them with medication or surgery. So he wasn't very well liked by the medical fraternity, but he was pretty outspoken. And you can still find some of his recordings online. Just remember that Dr. Robert Mendelssohn, look for him. He said, what we've done is we've traded vaccinations for leukemia in children. Because he says, we vaccinate children and it suppresses the immune system. And now you mess with the immune system and you end up with a disease like leukemia. Leukemia is far more difficult to deal with than measles. So we're saying, oh, we've eradicated measles. But many children today get meningitis, viral meningitis. Oh, no, we need another vaccination for that. But now they're saying, some people saying that viral meningitis is exactly the same as polio. Same disease, different name. Yeah. We've just got these different diseases. Yeah. People have strange rashes, strange reactions, autoimmune diseases like lupus, multiple sclerosis, um, 
arthritis, juvenile arthritis is very common. I've seen 18-month-old children with their hands locked like claws. Their joints can't move. They fuse from arthritis in an 18-month-old child, and they're in pain all the time. And that child, in particular child, was vaccinated at all the I think they had three or four vaccinations by the time, or sets of vaccinations by the time the child had reached 18 months. So you're completely messing with the immune system in the bottom, in the in the in the, in, in the human body. One study led to the conclusion that half of the SIDS sudden infant death syndrome, or cot, known as cot death, half of the SIDS cases, that would be up to 5,000 infant deaths each year, are caused by vaccines says Vera Scheibner, a medical doctor, PhD. In vaccination, 100 years of orthodox research shows that vaccines represent a medical assault on the immune system. In 1989, the CDC reported that amongst school children, measles outbreaks have occurred in schools with vaccination levels of greater than 98%. They even reported an outbreak in a documented 100% vaccinated population. So if vaccinations protect you against the diseases... Why are people still getting them? Well, they'll tell you it's the unvaccinated kids. doesn't make any sense. If you're protected, nothing will let you get it, okay? A recent study found that measles vaccination produces immune suppression, which contributes to an increased susceptibility to other infections. This was in clinical immunology and immunopathology, May 1996. 1993, Chicago outbreak of pertussis, which is German measles, 72% of those affected were fully up-to-date with their vaccinations. Evidence suggests that vaccination is an unreliable means of preventing disease. So there are terrible side effects. It's unreliable and it's very expensive. It's cheaper and makes more sense to teach people to live a healthy lifestyle, grow their own food, and live sustainably. But no, there's no big money for greedy people. People telling you not to vaccinate, what are they making out of it? Zilch! Nothing! What are they doing, just trying to kill people? Are we trying to kill people by saying don't vaccinate? Mm. No. Mm. I have watched my own children get vaccinated, Mm. and you don't ever want to hear that scream in a child in your entire life. Mm. You never, ever want to hear that scream, Mm. ever. It's the most piercing, gut-wrenching sound you've ever heard, and that's what made me question it. Mm. How can something that makes this child scream, it's called an encephalitic Mm. scream, it's like they can't actually cope with what you've done and they're going to lose their mind. I think a child must be filled completely. The mother's holding the child and it's being hurt. I'm not surprised children grow up feeling betrayed and hating their parents if the child's parents held them while they got vaccinated. And then your child gets sick after that. Raging temperature, sick for four days, so what they've done is really created the disease in your child anyway. So why don't you just let your child get the sickness mildly, feed their immune system, lots of raw food, make sure you're breastfeeding if you're a mom. Um, it's just, as I said, there's so much material. So I'm just going to go back through my notes on vaccinations. Just so we can... Autism. Autism, yeah. yes. Um, vaccinations are thought to cause autism. And I'm going to go through my actual notes that I've put together here because they've laid out very clearly. But I could read you research from so many people for so long. As I said, you'd be here two years later and we'll still be going down, okay? Since the early 1900s, when the use of vaccinations was introduced en masse, 
There have been many outspoken critics of the assumed safety. Today, one of the most outspoken critics against vaccination or inoculation is Robert S. Mendelssohn, Dr. Robert S. Mendelssohn, surprisingly a pediatrician. Looking back at past research, there are reams of information on how the actual vaccine causes the disease to supposedly to, it's supposed to prevent. Assuming that medical science has improved the vaccine, one would assume that critics would die down. In fact, what has happened is that a result of million-dollar lawsuits in the United States, vaccinations in many countries, including South Africa, is no longer compulsory. Because you can sue the vaccination company. That you can do. But your child might be dead. Yeah. If vaccines were so wonderful, why are they no longer compulsory? They used to be in most countries, okay? So, in my quest to find answers, as I said, I phoned the health department and they told me they're no longer compulsory. I also asked um, them what I must do because some schools insist that you inoculate mm. children. Otherwise, you can't have your children there. It's basically unconstitutional to refuse a child to come to the school if they're not vaccinated. Mm. Because if vaccinations protect, then the vaccinated kids are protected. What's the problem? How's the unvaccinated child going to affect all of these other children? Okay. So here's what you do if you haven't vaccinated your children and you want to put them in a normal school that wants them to be vaccinated. You go to the police station and you sign an affidavit. You write it out saying that my child has received all the vaccinations required by the law that are compulsory by law, which is zero, okay? <laughs> you sign it and you date it. You take it to the police station. They stamp it. You take that to the school you say, I don't have a list of all the child's vaccinations, because you don't, because they weren't <laughs> vaccinated. Give them the affidavit, and you can get your child into the school. That's, That's how you can get them in. Wow. Or you can put them in a school like ours where we don't require children to be vaccinated at all. In fact, we discourage it. <clears throat> all right, so we believe at our school that we feed children healthy, and the parents must feed them healthy, and they will be strong. Right. I had a discussion with a doctor some years back, and she said she worked, uh, provided vaccines at a vaccine agency funded by the pharmaceutical companies. She admitted that a healthy diet was the ideal way to promote immunity against disease, but was not always possible in malnourished communities. Now, if you taught them to live sustainably and grow their own food, they wouldn't be malnourished in the mm -hmm. first place. They wouldn't. Okay? It's known for a fact that malnourished children stand a much higher chance of severe side effects from vaccines than a well-nourished child. If you vaccinate a malnourished child, they're far more likely to react badly to the vaccination. And, of course, in malnourished communities where people are poor and uneducated and your child becomes paralyzed, you are not even for a second going to think that the medicine the doctor gave you is what caused the problem. You're going to keep going back and keep having medication and the condition is probably going to get worse. So here's, according to most anti-inoculation proponents, these are the main reasons why we won't inoculate. There's no actual scientific evidence that mass inoculation either eliminated or prevented any childhood disease. The fact that there's a reduction of any of the diseases is put down entirely to improved living conditions, hygiene and diet. People are eating better, they're living cleaner, People now have toilets inside their houses, not outside. They're not sharing public toilets. They're living in cleaner, better environments with more access to better food. 
That's number one. Number two, the reason why we say don't vaccinate is there are a variety of risks associated with every single vaccine, many with contraindications that should make it dangerous to inoculate your child. And if you are going to inoculate, make sure you've got every possible side effect you know that what they are. And then make that decision. But don't make it based on the clinic sister or your local doctor telling you, oh, it's a load of nonsense. They had an absolute cheek to say on carte blanche last night. They implied that there was one study, only one ever done, that showed that measles vaccines caused problems and that it had been refuted. Twice they showed the page refuted. That the study had been retracted, actually, from the medical journal that showed that measles caused brain damage. It had been, re it been, had been retracted. That's it. They imply that only one study ever showed this, and yet there are thousands of studies. I know that somebody working at Camp Blanche was trying to get a program going on this vaccination and, and, and get the other side of the story, and they were in touch with me and several of our students and gathering information and asking us if we'd be interviewed. We were saying, yeah, sure, we'll be interviewed. But they've never done the program. And yet they go and do this one. So they're not even telling people the truth, okay? And yet they're using this fear-mongering thing because they're saying brain damage, paralysis, you're going to get all that. And those are the side effects of the vaccine, okay? So number two, there's a variety of risks associated with every single vaccine. It's a drug. All drugs have side effects. And three, the most short-term side effects are known, but as yet, no one knows the long-term consequences of injecting foreign proteins in the body. We don't know. We don't know if AIDS is a result of vac vaccinating poor communities. Some suspected long-term consequences are AIDS, autoimmune conditions such as arthritis, lupus, multiple sclerosis, and cancer. Even juvenile diabetes is now suspected of being a side effect of some vaccines. That's the kind where you have to inject yourself. As Dr. Mendelssohn succinctly puts it, <coughs> have we traded mumps and measles for cancer and leukemia? Cancer, we know, is a huge killer of children in westernized countries today. Measles vaccine is associated with encephalitis, subacute chlorosing pancephalitis, which is hardening of the brain, which is usually fatal. So it could kill your child, okay? Ataxia, the inability to coordinate muscle movement, could, with that could become... Um, paralysis, mental retardation, aseptic meningitis, seizures, hemipetesis, which is paralyzing effect on one side of the body, multiple sclerosis, toxic epidermal neurolysis, anaphylactic shock, Ray syndrome, Guillain-Barre syndrome, blood clotting disorders, juvenile diabetes, and even Hodgkin's disease and cancer. Possible side effects of mumps are rash, itching, bruising, febrile seizures, and I know as a child, I was vaccinated, so was my sister, and we both had convulsions. We used to have these seizures as kids. And it was like, oh, they're just having a seizure. Well, well, meanwhile, we've just been vaccinated. I mean, seriously? Unilateral nerve deafness and encephalitis. <clears throat> Supposed to protect for six years only, which is mumps, after which age it's more severe to get mumps anyway. It's better to have mumps at the age of three than at 33. Then it's dangerous, Okay. German measles or rubella, again, is a very safe disease to get when you're very young. Later in life, it could cause severe complications. Side effects of the vaccine are arthritis. And as I said, I've seen this in small children under two years old, juvenile arthritis. Um, 
arthralgia, which is painful joints, polyneuritis, which causes severe pain in the kidneys, numbness or tingling, usually the hands and feet. Dr. Leon Chato, in his book Vaccinations and Immunizations, states that rubella is not a serious disease, yet the side effects of the vaccination are sometimes very serious indeed. He adds that although the symptoms are of limited duration, they may last several months and may not start until a few months after the vaccination. A recent statement in the Journal of the American Medical Association pointed out that 90% of all obstetrician and gynecologists refuse to be immunized. 90% of doctors and gynecologists. Regardless of the so-called risk to the expectant mothers they were dealing with. One wonders why. Whooping cough, pertussis. I said earlier off, pertussis was German measles earlier on mentioned. It was a mistake. So just in case there's somebody listening and saying, oh, caught you out. Whooping cough is pertussis. That's when you cough. (coughs) And then as you cough, you go, and then usually you vomit. Interesting thing is when my daughter was at a nursery school, the entire school got whooping cough. She was the only one not immunized against it, and she was over it in three days. Three days on a raw food diet, she was ready to go back to school. Most of those kids took four to six weeks to get back to school. They were sick, like seriously sick. Some of them were even hospitalized. And that was 30 years ago. All right. Uh, Research done in Glasgow showed that 30% of all children who get whooping cough were vaccinated, and their symptoms, duration, and severity are no different to non-vaccinated children. Research also indicated that whooping cough had declined by 80% before the vaccine was even introduced. So it had already declined by 80%. Side effects can be fever, crying bouts, shock-like state, swelling, redness and pain. Other possible side effects, although not common, include convulsions, sudden infant death syndrome, permanent brain damage resulting in mental retardation. Research done in Germany found that in Hamburg, where very little vaccination is done, the incidence of whooping cough is the lowest in West Germany. Yet in Berlin, where the vaccination rate is two and a half times greater, the incidence of whooping cough and death from it is much higher. In Britain, death from whooping cough is extremely low, 2 to 13 children a year, and yet the number of cases of brain damage from the vaccine is about 25 per year. So what would you have, 25 brain damaged or 2 to 3 children? Seriously. Professor Gordon Stewart, past professor of public health at Glasgow University, claims that the three-in-one DPT, which is diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus, is useless according to statistics, and that hundreds, if not thousands, of infants in the UK have suffered irreparable brain damage as a result of the vaccine. Dr. Robert Mendelson estimates that nearly 10,000 sudden-death infant syndrome deaths occur in the United States related to vaccine, with the whooping cough vaccine being the most likely culprit. Diphtheria. Dr. Mendelssohn states that today your child has a much, as much chance of contracting diphtheria as he does of being bitten by a cobra, which is quite common in the Western Cape where we live. Possible side effects of the vaccine. A rare side effect is polio. Nice one. So you have a diphtheria vaccine and the next thing you've got polio or they'll tell you it's viral meningitis. This vaccine is usually part of the three-in-one diphtheria pertussis tetanus with possible side effects of brain damage, convulsions, uncontrollable and screaming meningitis. There appears to be no study done on long-term side effects. Dr. Harris Coulter and Barbara Lowe Fisher in their major research work dealing with the effects of the DPT vaccination state that any of the following reactions are possible. Swelling at the site of injections, mild fever, inconsolable crying, earache, very high fever, collapse, convulsions, 
high-pitched cry described as encephalitic crying due to brain irritation. Death may occur in these cases. If a child survives these severe reactions, it may develop serious chronic problems such as allergies, multiple allergies, asthma, sleep disturbances with long-term such effects as mental <coughs> retardation, infantile epilepsy, partial paralysis, hearing, speech, and visual disturbances, deafness and blindness, and possible infantile autism. There you have it. And that is from measles, diphtheria, diphtheria, DPT. Um, we some In severe situations, the damage may be milder and result in sensory perception problems such as dyslexia and hyperactivity and kids that have the, they don't want to eat certain things because the textures of things, they've got appetite problems. <coughs> Study done at the United, uh, um, University of California, Los Angeles, and the Food and Drug Administration found that 11 to 12,000 cases of permanent neurological damage take place annually in the United States as a result of the DPT vaccine. Tetanus vaccine, Dr. Leon Chatta shows impaired immune system. I remember when my daughter, Marie Claire, got bitten on her head by another child, which sounds weird. They were jumping on the trampoline. She went up and he came down and his teeth went into her scalp and actually bit into her scalp. The whole piece flapped open. So she had this bite mark. In fact, his, his name was Ross, and that mark is still on her head because she has, her head was stitched in the tooth. It's like a horseshoe shape. The amount of blood that comes out of the head is actually frightening. So off to the hospital we go, and I'm now fighting with the doctor. No tetanus injection. He takes my daughter aside at the age of 14 and tells her, don't listen to your mother. I'm telling you, you need this tetanus injection. I said to her, if you continue like this, I will lay a charge against you and sue you. My parental right is that my child has no injection. They stitched her up. We took her home, shaved her head where it had been cut. And I put her on raw food. She was fine. On day four, she decided she felt like popcorn, had some popcorn. About four hours later, her head started to swell. Looked like it was getting infected. Back onto raw food, all the swelling was gone. She stayed on raw food until it was better, and it was no no problems. Yeah. And a human bite's supposed to be the worst kind of bite mm -hmm. that you can get. All right. Um, BCG, which is your uh, in the trial in India, anti-tuberculosis. 260,000 people that were given the vaccine. It was proved to be totally ineffective. In fact, more cases of tuberculosis occurred in those vaccinated than in the placebo group that were not vaccinated or vaccinated with nothing. Good nutrition is the only way to go to protect yourself and your family against this disease. Flu vaccine, ever since the 1976 flu debacle in the United States, when the vaccine was found to cause paralysis and death, the flu vaccine has been treated with skepticism. 1976, people died from the flu vaccination. Yet year after year, the latest flu vaccine is fated as this year's miracle cure. Invariably, if you get flu from the vaccine or after the treatment, what do they tell you? Oh, no. We could only vaccinate you against past strains of vaccine. This is a new strain of flu, at least past strains of flu. Your flu you've now got is a totally new strain of flu, and we haven't developed a vaccine from that. But now that you've got it, we'll develop it. And next year when you give it, you won't get that kind of flu. You'll get a different kind of flu. Oh. <laughs> Seriously? Like how stupid do they think we are? Oh, poliomyelitis, polio. Dr. Robert Mendelson states the fact 
is that there is no credible scientific evidence that vaccine caused polio to disappear. He puts it down to improved living conditions, sanitation, and diet worldwide. According to him, the best way to avoid your child getting polio is to avoid the vaccine. <coughs> the Coxsackie virus is one of a large group of viruses which includes the polio virus. They are supposedly involved in a wide variety of diseases from colds to ME, yuppie flu, pneumonia, meningitis, paralytic poliomyelitis, and multiple sclerosis. And you think of how many people have got this Coxsackie virus. They've all got vaccinated against polio. It's usually the older generation, but they're in some of the younger children as well. They're still vaccinating some children. By suppressing the immune system with the measles vaccine, many children later develop as adults lupus erythematosus, Shurman's disease, and chondromalacia, all chronic degenerative diseases. There also appears to be a link between hepatitis B and AIDS. And Dr. Michael Culpert, AIDS, Terror, Truth, and Triumph, he says there's a link between polio vaccine given in the 1950s and the 1960s and AIDS today. Very few people know how vaccines are made. Diphtheria vaccine is derived from putrefying horse blood, pertussis, whooping cough is mucus taken from the throats of infected children, typhoid decomposed fecal matter, salt polio serum is taken from infected monkeys' kidneys. I mean, I've really given you the cons, and it's not all of them. I really, this is just a summary, okay, of some of the cons. You can do your own research, and I actually suggest you go online and look at what are the cons, what are, why not to vaccinate. Mm. There are millions and millions and millions of sites. Some of them are hysterical, new-ager moms who are hysterical, basically. But a lot of them are very sound. The vast majority of them are sound people. They are doctors, they are pediatricians, they are nurses, they are scientists. They are people who are warning people with no gain. They're not selling you an alternative vaccine. They're not. They're not making something out of selling you something. I'm not making something telling you to eat more healthy, grow your own food and eat natural food, eat apples, eat bananas, eat things that are in season, eat what's available in your own country. If you want to take a supplement, I always advocate drinking barley grass juice, and the best one I found is barley life. Take Omega to make sure you're getting your essential fatty acids, to make sure you've got the basics of getting your immune system working properly while you're eating raw food. But honestly, if you can't afford the barley life and the Omega, you can still live a very healthy life if you eat a high raw plant food diet. You really can. Just make sure you're getting a lot of green food. Barley life is just a convenience food. Really, it's convenient. It makes it easy to get it quickly. But if you eat dark green leafy vegetables, lots of red things, tomatoes, red peppers, strawberries, berries, but eat what's in season. You know, you're eating strawberries out of season or you're eating mangoes in the middle of winter when they've been flown from the other side of the world. It's very expensive to eat like that. Don't be silly. Grow what you can, eat locally, and buy from the cheapest possible place. Any questions you've got? I've told you what to do if you don't. The only problem you're going to have is if you travel to countries where they insist that you are vaccinated. That's what I wanted to ask. That's the only problem. And that is a big problem. I've come to the point in my life where I won't go to a country like India if they want me to have yellow fever inoculation. I will not go there, okay? I don't go to countries where I need to be vaccinated. And it's sad, 
But you so many other countries I can go to where I don't need to be vaccinated. Yeah. So there are, you could get a letter from a doctor saying that you're allergic. Mm-hmm. If you've got a doctor friend who would give you a letter mm-hmm. uh, to say that you are allergic to it. It usually has to be a surgeon general, somebody sort of higher, the next level up. But if you get an astute doctor, he'll be able to get a letter from a doctor to say you can't be vaccinated against whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you could be in a period of quarantine when you got back. You could agree to that. Very often they're worried about you bringing stuff back into the country. But we coming from Africa, some countries worry about what we bring from Africa with us. Fortunately, South Africa is not considered a high-risk country. Um, There are some homeopathic remedies. If you go to an integrative doctor or you go to one of these pharmacies that have a whole homeopathic section and you ask them for a homeopathic remedy to counteract the effect of supplementation um, of vaccinations, they will give you various things to do. I recommend that if you have to be vaccinated, if you absolutely have to be, go on completely raw food, lots of dark green leafy vegetables, and allow your body to recover as quickly as possible. It knocks your body. It'll knock your immune system. So it's ideal to actually have it at least six months before you travel. Don't have it like just before you travel because chances are you could get really sick while you're in another country. And then you'll think, oh, well, just as well I got vaccinated because I would have got this a lot worse than maybe died. No. Have it a long time because if you have immunity, you're supposed to have immunity. So six months to a year before you could have, have the vaccine. Um, you know, if you're a journalist that has to fly all around the world, well, you have to live with the fact that you're probably going to have to be vaccinated mm. and live as healthy as possible, which is not always what journalists do. They tend mm. to be staying up late, smoke and party. Yeah. I'm generalizing, but um, the more you look after your body, the better the immune system is. I've had all the vaccinations as a child, and mm. I had no tonsils. Mm. I had um, form of eczema on the back of my arms. People that are gluten intolerant, dairy intolerant are usually the ones that have been vaccinated. But when you don't have all these intolerances and allergies, it's usually you haven't been vaccinated. Eczema. Eczema is a huge, hugely as a result of being vaccinated. It's one of the reasons why. And once a child's got eczema, it's so difficult to get rid of it. They literally live, live in this absolutely pure diet. Be very careful not to get stressed. Um, and in time they can recover, but they've got to live a very strict gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, which is fine. We should be living like that anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, also as far as stress, stress is a huge factor with, with eczema as well, but it's, it can trigger it just like that. Mm-hmm. Pardon? Well, well, we should, I think, if you all want to phone and email and say to them, why are you only showing one side of this vaccination story? There's not only one study, there are thousands of studies, there's too much information out there. Bombard them with emails. You can go online and you can almost copy and paste. There's so much information done by doctors and so much research done in this field. There really is. You could say, just vaccination side effects. If they type that in, that is not all hooey. And, you know, the question you have to ask them is, what have people to gain by telling people not to vaccinate and yet there's so much money at stake and actually push them on the fact that they're always exposing corruption but they don't want to delve into the medical profession. Why not? Are they in partnership with them? Has Mnet got some money invested in medical things? Maybe they have money invested in the pharmaceutical company 
like Pfizer. Maybe mm. they own huge chunks of shares in that mm. company. Mm. And so they don't want to upset <clears throat> people. And they, so they, they drop it in the middle of all these programs where they're exposing corruption. So everybody's mm. like, oh, vaccines, they're so good. Oh, wonderful. Let's get on to the corruption at the Electricity Supply Commission. Mm. Well, it had nothing to do with what was going on on carte blanche. It was this silly little insert that was so badly done blatantly an advert. It was an advertorial for vaccinations with no homework done whatsoever. Actually, they should be ashamed of the way they put that program together. Absolutely ashamed of themselves. So please, if you feel tempted to, write to carte blanche, tell them that they need to do their homework properly and expose the corruption and the money that's involved in vaccinations. It's about money. What if you don't do 